make your life like life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always given thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. So talking about prayer, I know like, I know for myself, there's, when, there's times when I do get disgruntled, and it's like I feel like in this place of hopelessness, and it's, it's hard for me to be grateful for the small things around me. Like my, my wife, she definitely uh, has witnessed it in different situations, you know, to where I can get into, like my mind can get into this very dark place to where it's like I, I can't see the good stuff around me and I can't have this, this uh, spark of hope in me or this, this spark of gratitude saying like I'm just thankful just for having my breath right now. And it's funny because it just brings me back to something that someone told me before. It's like if we don't have anything, we should be grateful because we have the breath of God that breathes into us. And it's like thinking about that, it really, it really shakes me to the core because it's like even if I didn't have anything, something that gave me life is there inside of me. And it's like and that's more than anything that I could ever want in life. But going back to this, like when uh, you, if you make your life a prayer, and it's like I practiced this often when I was at Teen Challenge, when like I was working at the thrift store because it this be long days and just moving stuff around, waiting for stuff to happen. Like when I would just pray consistently throughout the day. And I say I did, and like I want to get back into it. And it is, it is a very difficult thing, especially when you've got a million things going on throughout your day. But being able to like pray for certain small things throughout the day just, or just giving thanks to the Father for everything that may occur allows your mindset to be changed into a whole different place. It's like when you come into a mist, uh, the midst of adversity, uh, you don't notice it. You don't see the negative stuff that are that's coming up. You don't see uh, all the issues. You have more of a, I feel like, more of a problem-solving mindset rather than someone that uh, succumbs to uh, the victim stance and saying, like, well, everything around me is crumbling, so I'm going to crumble with it. No, it's, it's saying that I'm going to rise above this. Uh, I'm going to rise above this adversity right now and show it that it's like if I continue to be thankful for what I have, I'm going I'm to rub off on the people around me. But continuously praying also gives, it, it, it just focuses yourself back to you. You don't look at other people's stuff around you. Yes, people are going to have nice things, and that's okay. But it's like, you know, I don't need this to make me happy. I don't need the car outside to make me happy. It's like I got the Father, God, I got the Father who's in heaven that gave me ever, uh, everlasting life and a chance to be able to help other people when I, when I used to be the person that just takes from people. It's like there's something, in, there's something in, inside you changes when you're able to focus more on what you can do to give back rather than receiving. There's, gratitude, come, I feel like, comes more from giving than receiving. It's like it does feel good to get stuff, but like for me personally, though, I, honestly, I, I hate getting gifts. I'm not a gift-getting a gift person because then everybody asks you, what do you want? And then I get indecisive because I really don't know what I want. And I'm like, just choose something. And then it's like, I get it, and I'm just like, oh, you got that. I'm not saying I'm not grateful for it, but it's like, I am. I, I, I honestly, but it, it's still, I don't, but it comes from a place where it's like, there's, I don't really need anything at all. There's nothing in this life that I really need. Because honestly, a lot of this stuff, is, 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 it's meaningless. It really is. It's like, uh, the one thing that I want is to have a, a, a focus on who God is more. You know, and that's probably one of the hardest things to obtain, but it's like probably the most uh, worthwhile 
after ch- if, if I chase like spend my time chasing after that and going after God, you know I'm going to be fulfilled at the end of the day rather than depleted with an empty bank account because I decided to spend a couple hundred dollars on new car parts. That's not, that's not a true story. Just saying. But that's like, that, that comes back to, you know, in times, there, in times, there is times that does, uh, geez, Louise, let me get my, let me, I'll get it. Times. <laughs> All right. No, but there are times where I might make that mistake and think that it's going to fulfill me. And I have made mistakes like, you know, thinking purchasing a bunch of stuff off of Amazon is going to make me feel a lot better. And like I, I can speak for both of us, you know, it's it doesn't. If you're in a season where you feel like everything's just n- not going the way you want to, purchasing stuff is not going to be smart because it's just going to continue. And then your steward, your stewardship with your finances is going to go down the drain. But like going to that place where you're thinking about stewardship and gratitude, that's where this comes in because you can, if you're if you're grateful, you want to manage your money better. You don't, ha- you don't have the need to spend it on useless things. You have a better sense of, like, what you have right in front of you rather than what's everything that's around you. It's like, oh, I want to spend the last $10 I have for something, uh, a, a, a bottle of soda and a snack. When it's like, okay, let me save this and just, you know, drink water at home and just, like, eat food there and being grateful for what you have rather than saying, like, I got to have something, you know, just because it's advertised in front of me. I'm surprised nobody's asked me why I got two jackets on. It's hot right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking that when I came up. I know. And then I got a Sherpa hoodie underneath of this, so it's like, it's like, all right. I'm in the Antarctic right now, so I got to take this off. See, this is what the team works for right here. All right. While she does that, I'm gonna continue. <laughs> Okay. But, of course, going back into saying, if we continue to pray and continue to pray, uh, like, generally, this is how I pray. I like to just give thanks to the Father first before I pray for anything else. Because it, it goes in, I don't want to just continue in, uh, continue in prayer asking for, uh, asking for God to continue to, to take action on this or, Lord, provide his finances for this. Sometimes it's like, just, just God... Thank you for what you have done for me. I might not have the finances to pay my bills. I might not have the ability to uh, get my car fixed right now. But, Lord, you do make a way. And it's like it changes that whole heart. And it's like, you know, I, there's times where, like, I can get so frustrated when something doesn't go my way. And, like, just that simple, that, that one second that it, it takes to stop and just give thanks to the Father changes your whole mindset. It's like nothing else uh, matters. It's like you don't really have to worry about the things that are going on, even though it is, it's a truth that your car is not working or the bills are due. But, and, it, and it comes with that heart of faith, too, when you do give thanks to him because it's saying, like, Father, I know that I trust you in all these things that you're going to provide, even when it doesn't seem like there's a, a viable option in the end right now. It's like I trust in you. I trust what you're going to do. Jump in. I got I got some other stuff, but I I want to take a second. Go ahead. Go, no, we can. That's why we're here. We're one and two. One and two. Let's go. 
Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I was going to hand you this. I know. I keep I forgetting we have these. I like this because I have something to do with my hands. I know. Um, another part of Thanksgiving that's been on my heart that I would like to highlight, especially in this season, um, first of all, I think one thing I love about holidays is that it's not that on that day is when you celebrate that thing or that concept, but it's like a reminder to be doing it every day. So like Thanksgiving is a reminder that we should be living from a place of Thanksgiving every day, right? Christmas and everything that comes along with Christmas is a reminder of the importance of community and giving and loving and seeing the person we don't usually see, to be paying attention to our surroundings and creating an inviting and warm place. Christmas is that reminder of all that Christ did, you know, of Christ coming and, and the whole story of, of Christmas. It's a reminder, you know, Valentine's Day. That's not the only day you love your spouse, right? <laughs> it's, it's a day to remind you, hey, this is vital. Love your spouse. Love your person, you know. Um, and we can say that about just about any holiday. It's just a reminder. It's not we're only doing it on that day, you know. And so with that thinking, looking at Thanksgiving, um, let's go to Leviticus 7, <coughs> uh, verses... What, well, I guess I got to do it from here. Okay. 11 through 12. <laughs> I'm doing 11 through 15. Oh. Um, <clears throat> because I'm right now, again, I'm on this whole hook with the um, complete Jewish Bible. I just like the way it reads. Um, it just shows me things differently than I would normally find in your average translation. So, um, <clears throat> verse 11. This is the law for sacrificing peace offerings offered to Adonai. If a person offers it for giving thanks, he is to offer it with the thanksgiving sacrifice of unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil, matzah, spread with, <coughs> sorry, olive oil, and cakes made of fine flour mixed with olive oil and fried. The cakes of leavened bread, he is to present his offering together with the sacrifice of his peace offerings for giving thanks. From each kind of offering, he is to pr present one as a gift of Adonai. For Adonai, it will belong to the Kohen who splashes the blood of peace offerings against the altar. The meat of the sacrifice of his peace offerings for giving thanks is to be eaten on the day of his offering. He is not to leave any of it until morning. So one thing, I was reading through different things, and I never actually noticed this before, but um, the idea of a Thanksgiving sacrifice. Didn't know that was a thing. Honest to goodness. So I was looking into it a little more, and I thought about, with even just a lot that Joe was saying, sac or um, Thanksgiving being thankful, being grateful is a total sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise to the Lord to choose gratefulness among the opportunities to choose discontentment, to choose continually agony, to choose only by what we see and not what's absolute. And I was thinking about it, 
and how um, you know sacrifice means the surrendering of a possession as an offering to the Lord. It means giving something up, something that we value, and we offer it to the Lord to worship and to honor him. And so a thankful offering, a thanksgiving offering, it was costly. Any sacrifice costs you something. And I, I, I sat there, and it was weird because I, I, I never thought of thanksgiving as a sacrifice before, but it's completely changed my entire perspective to actually, you know, we talk a lot about here, um, well, you need to be living your life from rest, from rest. What if the key ingredient we've been missing is from Thanksgiving? If you're truly going to be at a place of rest and living and operating and doing from rest, part of that is also going to be from Thanksgiving. Just like, you know, we look at Romans 14, 17. I think I've said this recently that if the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating, drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy, and I see it as the top of a, of a, of a tripod, it's each three legs are righteousness, peace, and joy, and the, that's what holds up the kingdom of God, then wouldn't it be the same thing for Thanksgiving to be one of the legs of rest? And so if we're going to, this idea of, of it being a sacrifice is blowing my mind. I remember even a year ago, Joe and I were in a really, really tough season of life. But one thing that we caught all the time, every drive home from, um, from church, we would be like, I want to be thankful like Bev. Yeah. Because just at a, for any reason, she would just say, thank you, Lord. And you can tell just by how she lives her life, what she carries, that's authentic. And we've had just conversations in the car of really like, what makes her tick that way? You know, what makes her tick? What makes her live from a place of gratefulness to the Lord where in any season, in any situation, she will just go, First thing, she'll start off with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So then we challenged each other. I remember this was last September 2022. We started challenging each other of, well, maybe instead of responding this way, we just start with, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we actually got a lot of fruit of, from that in our personal lives. We, we started doing the work. We started sacrificing how we naturally wanted to respond and instead, we opted for thankfulness. And it cost us something. Yep. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just really like, excited about it. I'm sorry. Just like what you're saying. I, I think one of the sacrifices that you, we, we do have to make, would you say, is comfortability. Yeah. Because convenience. Yeah. Yeah, convenience and comfortability, one of the, it, I feel like is probably the main thing. Because when... Uh, Choosing sometimes a heart of gratitude can be uncomfortable, especially when you're already comfortable uh, living the life that you have been for so long. Because mm -hmm. it does. Stuck it, in a rut. Yep. You know, when you get stuck in that rut, it just you just want to make your bed and then lay down. But it's like, no, you got to grab that shovel, you know, make some rungs in that dirt and climb out. 
Um, another thing that I wanted to point out within this scripture is in verse 12, it actually, let me see if I can bring that back up. Um, I like how the words in here say, if a person offers it for giving thanks, if, then God's like, then this is what I want you to do. If you so choose, well, then here's how I want you to do it. So it's interesting to stop and consider, so is, thank, is, is thanksgiving required of me or is it actually an option that I get to choose to participate in? Option. Yeah. Yep. And so the if changes everything. It I'm, indicates that it wasn't a requirement yeah. and that we're not required to be thankful. But it, what, what blows my mind on that, too, is, is that if there's not a requirement, then I can completely dismiss it. I can completely dismiss it. But I think it's one of those things where God's like, oh, taste and see. But we're like, mm, nah. That's how you find it. That's where you see a lot of miserable yeah. Christians. But like you think about miserable Christian is an oxymoron because how can you be miserable as a Christian? Yeah. Unless you allow yourself not to be partake or partner with gratitude. If you so choose it, you got to know that thankfulness is going to take work. And honestly, I mean, for us to even just start with that intentionality last year of our first response is not going to be what we naturally want to do. And that takes work to get out of that pathway and move over to this other pathway of, thank you, Jesus, even though this kind of sucks. Thank you. And then you sit in it and you start looking for things to be thankful for. And you start actually naming it verbally. Find something. Because it's way easier to just step into Everything's terrible. Nothing's going my way. One thing after another. If you're going to look for something bad, you are going to find it. But it's also the same for if you want something good and you want to look for it, you're going to find it. You just have to do the work. That's the sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. You got to look for gratitude in a world that only shows bad news constantly you hear it on the radio you see it on the tv it's it's you get glimpses of positivity but it's it's filtered around showing you negative stuff yeah. and your mindset gets trapped into that yeah and so you know it's funny how all sacrifice does cost us something and zeroing in on the idea of thanksgiving as sacrifice i see i can see that sacrifice as our altar that we're like that we're laying or whatever we're laying down at the altar is our pride it is that comfortability yeah. it is that selfishness of what i want what i need what i desire not that those things in and of themselves are necessarily bad all the time you know, it can be a little gray area, 
But when that's all we're looking at and not even considering what he sees our need as, because he knows us better than we know ourselves, and what he sees um, is that next step for us, it's going to change everything. And so um, it's really a personal sacrifice of yourself. I get to lay down my desire for my wants and needs and to choose to sit in a place of contentment for what is. And I think it's, it's funny because in the holidays, we, a lot of us come into that tension of this exact thing. And it's so, especially I think here in America, looking at materialism, looking at, well, I don't have that and I don't have that. It's easier to sit in, well, I don't have it, instead of going to seek that in the Lord or seeking community or seeking love. It, you know, it, it, we get in that tension and we don't actually lay down what we think our desire is and we don't always lay that down and, and go to the Lord. So right now in this tension, I want to challenge you, if you're there, whatever level that looks like for you, to stop. Take those moments with the Lord. And just, what am I thankful for? Start with one thing. You know, maybe, maybe you and another person are clashing, and you are just not okay. The way you view this person, you do not want to be around them, you can't stand them, or they've hurt you, or whatever it is. Marriage, friendship, uh, family, siblings, mother, child, whatever that is. Then maybe from a place of Thanksgiving, stop and think of one thing that makes them amazing, that you know, no matter the offense, start somewhere. You're going to have to lay down that pride. That is the sacrifice. That's only one of the costs. But yeah, sitting in that place of contentment for what is. Finding what desires and needs have actually always been met for you. But we just refuse to see. You know? I I mean, a a unique thing, I guess I could say, is, um, example, I was in a Sozo probably almost 10 years ago at this point. Um... And for the longest time, God had this big thing. I think he wants to talk about something else. And he's like, let's talk about your dad. <laughs> Which I, I didn't have much of a relationship with him, so it's not like I necessarily had anger. But I did always believe I was missing out on things because he never was there to provide me the things a dad was supposed to provide me. Yes, I have an awesome stepdad who provided a lot of fatherly things that I you know, was supposed to need. But there, I just was like, but my real dad, he didn't know how to dad and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And he didn't put effort, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I just thought, bless you. Bless a blesser. Um, <laughs> I just thought, well, maybe I don't really have a dad problem. But at the same time, 
I'm, I'm missing out on the things only a father can bring. And what the Lord showed me in the sozo, probably not even 10 minutes in, is he says, everything that I was supposed to get from my dad, he provided through these people, and he started showing me faces of people I'm in relationship with at different times of my life. He's like, well, your dad is supposed to give you this, and since he couldn't give it to you, I made sure you got it. But because I was more set in this lens of I'm lacking, I'm lacking, I'm lacking, because I chose to stay there, that was my refusal to see. And so the Lord's like, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Because that's not true. And I would really like you to stop agreeing with that. Finding what desires and needs have actually been met that I refuse to see. Because I simply couldn't see it without a lens of thanksgiving. So now, even though I have absolutely no relationship with my dad at this point, this Father's Day was not great. Um, It was just healthier to sever that because it's a big family dynamic thing going on. Um, But I know I'm content. I don't have an issue. I have everything I need. Between a lot of you in this community have given me things I needed as a father, whether female or male, you've given me the things my dad was supposed to give me. I have everything I need, and I bless him in whatever he does. But I'm okay. And so I can be grateful even for the simple fact that, well, he's half the reason I exist today. That's enough. Because if, if, if he didn't exist, now Amanda. I would not be here. <laughs> so thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, good job. So how can, how can I even look forward if I can't see what's before me now that I can only see with the true lens of thanksgiving? Sometimes the sacrifice is just reaching over and grabbing the dang glasses. And sometimes we think that takes way too much work. I kid you not, one time when I was in, I guess, elementary school, I'm on the main floor of our house, and my sister's upstairs. She's screaming, Amanda, Amanda, come here, Amanda, come here. And I run all the way upstairs, like, what, what? And she goes, can you hand me the remote? (laughs) And she's on this bed, and the remote is next to the TV on the dresser. And I stood there in the doorway. No! And I closed the door, and she chased me downstairs. But the idea of you literally could have just taken three steps. Why was that so much work to you? And I think that's an honest question to ask ourselves. Whether it be the search for peace, for thanksgiving, for righteousness and joy. It's literally just a matter of reaching over, grabbing those lenses 
that you've been equipped with with the Lord and putting them on. It's a choice. It's a sacrifice of pride. It's a sacrifice of convenience. It's a sacrifice of staying in that little comfort zone even though this blanket that you're wrapped up in is actually strangling you. What's it going to take for you just to unwrap yourself? That's a real, like, spiritual epidemic we're facing that we need to get rid of in the kingdom. That's not a kingdom thing. You have power. You have choice. And I also want to say with that um, is like a, a place of thanksgiving. I just, I just want to nip this in the bud because as I was thinking through all of this, I, this thought process came up and I was like, ooh, that doesn't feel right. Please do not entertain the idea of it could have been worse because that's going to take you down a completely different rabbit hole. And it's a hole nonetheless. It sounds like it will take you to, well, if you think about it, it could have been a lot worse. Why? Why did you say that? <laughs> um, Philippians 4. Uh, Verse 4, this is the Jewish Bible. Rejoice in union with the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see how reasonable and gentle you are. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. On the contrary, make your request known to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Then God's shalom, passing all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with the Messiah, Yeshua. Always, everyone, everything. Guess what? Those are complete statements. That is, those are not partial. Remember uh, a couple months ago, we were talking about butt statements? <laughs> Them big butts. Singular T, not a double. <laughs> anyway. Because oftentimes when you include a butt, it almost discounts the power of what was said before the butt. So we can't be missing, when we're reading scripture, these complete statements. Always, everyone, everything. I don't care what translation you're reading, those words are in there, or at least a synonym. Not a cinnamon, that's different. (laughs) But it's going to take work like a lot of things in life. It's going to take effort, it's going to take just reaching. 
What are, you, what are we working to do? What's the work itself? One, here's what the work is. Here's practical things. Laying down our fears of the present moment or even moments of the past that we're not letting go of. That goes back to the, if we can't be grateful for what's right in front of us, how are we going to move forward? How are we going to be able to have a vision for our life with the Lord? If we can't just lay those things down, it's going to take thanksgiving to the present. Sacrifice our selfishness of wants and desires. Now, I know that God will give you the desires of your heart. And that's one of those things that within Christianity, it's like that, um, I was going to say a wrecking ball, but I feel like it's actually a pendulum. It can be a wrecking ball, I guess, if you think about it. Depends what extreme you're going. But the problem with that sometimes, and I think this is where we get caught with some of the things you were talking about with focusing too much on materialism and the things um, and, oh, well, they have that thing, and now I'm going to get that thing. No matter what the cost, it's like you're taking the cost in the wrong direction. But I think we sometimes do that with the Lord out of a place of entitlement, and that is yet another thing that needs to crumble in, in Christianity. Yeah. Just because I am God's beloved, just because Jesus did all of this for me, does not mean I get to use my freedom to actually hurt others, but also hurt myself. I'm free to do it, just like Thanksgiving is optional. Self-sabotage, it's an option. Not one of his options. He gives you plenty other. We got to get rid of the entitlement. And the idea of, of entitlement takes me to um, Ephesians 3. If I actually click on it, I'm sorry. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. He's not unknowing, folks. If I can set aside my entitlement and choose gratefulness and choose thanksgiving, then I, I can trust him that that statement's accurate in my life. My thanksgiving looks like now to him, as I back up, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that I'm asking of him to do. What my agenda looks like, how it's going to be wrapped up in a bow for me, handing that on off according to the power at work within us, his power at work within us. Back to Philippians um, 2.13, my favorite verse. Yep, and that Amplify version says both to will and to work, that is to strengthen energize and create in me the longing and the ability to fulfill my purpose for his good pleasure. It's him. Tag. I'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I especially like this. Um, it, it, it brought up 
I wish I knew the address of it, but it's a scripture that says, you know, when we pray, you know, or we have not because we ask not, but then when we do ask, we ask with the wrong intention. And the same thing is like, if we're, if we are coming to God with our supplications and, you know, and, and we know we're in a place that is tough, but we go in a place to where we're expecting God to do it because of who we are uh, and out of greed, we, we end up in a place to where we don't receive what we're asking. We aren't gratitude for, we ain't grateful for the stuff that God's already provided for us. So we have to reach out and try to get more things through with a heart of greed rather than a heart of saying, Lord, I know that you could provide this. I know that you could provide all things, but I think that you need to do it for me now. It's like such a toxic place to be in. He, he, honestly, the father doesn't have to give us anything because he's already given us the biggest gift of all. And it's like, I, I, I like to focus on that. It's like, I, I understand it's like, we all have needs in this life, but like if we look at the one thing that's already been provided for us, then there is no need to think about anything else, and it becomes a daily reprieve. It comes, it becomes a, a a daily fulfillment of thanksgiving in your life when you understand. It's like, Lord, you sacrificed for me, and that was the ultimate gift. It's like, what else can abound that? And there's nothing in this world that can abound that. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing more precious than the gift of life that He has provided for us. And it's like to be able to wake up every day and just to see that, that's something that's like you train your mind to do. And it's like it is practice. It's, it is it's making sure God's first in the morning. It's making sure God is first uh, in the evening. It's like where is your focus at? Is it, is it more on getting up and getting money? Or is it paycheck Friday and, and I'm going to cash out and, and do whatever? Or it's like, you know, I wake up in the morning. It's like, Lord, I thank you for giving me this day. I thank you for this breath in my lungs. I thank you for this bed that I get to sleep in. And sometimes, like she said, it's, it's going through that list of stuff, even if it's the smallest stuff and just saying, being, uh, saying thank you for it. It's like I bet you if you're angry and, and saying something is unfair, if you, if you continuously say you're thankful for specific things, your mindset is going to change, and you're going to get out of that place of anger. You're going to get out of that place of discontent. Um, I, there's times where I had to do it. Like, especially like going back to Teen Challenge again, it's like I, there's a lot of uh, molding and stuff going on through there. And there's like a lot of times where I was, you know, going through that that fire, uh, the pruning process, whatever you want to call it, to where I have to stop and just say, let's run through this. Like, Lord, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for waking up today. I'm thankful for having a roof over my head. Thankful for food. And it seems like it seems yeah. foolish, but it's not. It's well, very, it's, like it's a, it's a, everything. yeah, it's a strategic tool that you can use to easily get out of a place of uh, discomfort. But then again, you have to enter into that discomfort to be able to do that, to be able to get out of the discomfort. So it's like a catch 22. Mm-hmm. Or is it 21? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> but 22. Something like that. Old, you know, two. <laughs> um, but going back to the, uh, there, there's one thing that I wanted to read. You know, and I, I think about Paul. And like in the midst of the things that he went through, he was someone that he he told us, you know, how he was satisfied. But we can look at we can look at that in Philippians four eleven through thirteen, and we're switching back to the uh, Passion Translation. And this is Paul. He's saying, "I'm I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance." And it doesn't it didn't matter what he went through. And, and even though he was no, he was shackled going across the boat and the whole boat just, you know, got destroyed. Uh, and they were on the island and he could have got killed and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then he gets stoned and thrown out the building. 
But it's it's crazy to see the life of Paul. I mean, he's he's probably the next person under Jesus. But you can see the the you can see the struggles that he went to and all the things he had to deal with. And even in sitting in prison, he still recollect all the good things that he had in his life. And he goes on to say, it's like, I'm, I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. This comes from a man who was well-learned in the Jewish culture. Uh, he was probably high up in uh, the synagogue and um, whatever they do, and I guess he was, and he was the main persecutor of Christians. So he had he had abundance. He had a lot. He was He was... He was probably looked at as very renowned. Um, and even when he didn't have anything where he was stripped and thrown in prison, he was still happy. It says, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in, full, uh, whether in fullness of hunger or fullness or in hunger. And I can find that, uh, find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infused me to conquer every difficulty. Yeah. And that's the thing. He hung on the one thing that could bring him out of any type of disgruntlement. It's hanging on the very power that Christ has put inside him. So with even sitting in that prison cell, even when it seems like the whole world's crashing, like he's not going to be able to continue forward. Not, he, and his heart was to bring the message to, the, uh, to people um, all over, uh, what is it, Eurasia or whatever it is. Am I right? I'm not good with geographical locations, but it's all good. This, this ain't a geography lesson. Just, just trust. You can, you can research that on your own. You do your homework. Do your <laughs> But the truth is, like, his heart was more forced, uh, more towards the purpose that Christ has put him forward to rather than uh, his own circumstances, what he lacked. And it's like, what a life to live to where we can follow through with Christ uh, uh, so closely that nothing else matters. You can be beat down. You can be spit on. You can be persecuted. You can be thrown out into the streets, left for dead. But you have that spark of hope because the power of Christ lives inside of you. And you can be thankful just for that breath in that moment that you had the ability to be able to go into that city, to speak to that one person, to know that their life has probably changed. And nothing else around you matters. You could be on the edge of death, the brink of death, but a heart full of gratitude overcomes that. I don't know if you ever seen. I, I think it's the movie's called Silence. I, it, it came out like a couple years ago, but it was about the persecution of Christians uh -huh. and stuff. Okay. Man, me thinking about something, forgot what I was thinking about just then. I tell you what, this this old age it is getting to be me. Like that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, let's see. Oh, but yes, like going going back to it. So they had in, in this movie, they had people that. Uh, I think it was the, the Buddhists would come and kill the Christians and they would make them renounce their Christianity and the people that they didn't, that didn't renounce, they would crucify them. But you could see as even the people that didn't renounce Christ, they went through, even though they were going through extreme uh, agony, they still had gratitude in their heart for who the father was. So it's like, even us, like how, how can we say, it's like, I, I, I lose gratitude when I stub my toe on the edge of the bed and when someone's going through some other, like, Worse pain than that. Even Jesus at the cross, still loving us, still having a heart full of gratitude for us. He might not have been happy with us at the time. I mean, I probably wouldn't, but, you know, he, he still loved us enough to continue forth with the Father's plan. I'm, I'm, I'm brief pause.
they gotta they gotta chew on some of this stuff. Oh wait, they're supposed to hear that. <laughs> a, a question that came to mind. Um, it's kind of a harsh question, but it is something I think harsh questions are worth asking ourselves because they're harsh and we don't typically ask ourselves the tough questions. Um, but I think when it comes to that tension of choosing gratefulness and thankfulness versus going with what we naturally want to respond is um, what are we pretending not to know? Mm. What are we pretending to forget? Because are you, are you consciously pretending to forget what you have because of Christ, what you have in Christ? Because you're doing not only yourself a really great injustice, but the entire world around you by pretending you don't know what's in you. Now, for some of us, we genuinely do forget sometimes, and we do need those reminders. But I do challenge some of us who are in that place of God's like, but oh, taste and see, and we're like, eh, I'm going to kind of do my own thing, but I love you. Okay, well, you show it kind of weird. Sorry. That was good. How's that working for you? Doesn't seem too great. We can also look at that same thing as like, you know, with uh, I guess with the people that we have in our lives. And, and like if you came from like if you came from a background like I have or anybody else, um, to where you really couldn't trust people. It's like when you get into this new lifestyle, you it, it's almost like you have to find this place to be grateful to the people that are, are in your life. And like it, it it was something that dawned on me. When I first started coming to the house, um, how having to be okay with having people in my life that love me, but then it transitions into that having gratitude for them because I just see they're not just superficial and here for one moment and gone the next. But it's like it's for some people it does take a little bit longer to get to his place of gratitude. Um, and I, like I was just thinking, and I feel like God was bringing it to me. It's like I, I feel like someone that's grew up in poverty and someone that's in a different uh, position in life is going to have a, have a different, I guess, point uh, to reach to get to, I guess, that gratitude. Because if you, I feel like if you come from a place of poverty, um, just, you know, like myself, um, it's re- it was really hard to be grateful for anything. And I always felt like I deserved everything that came to me. And like, even in the lifestyle of like wanting to take things that, you know, just because I think they deserve them, it's it's like, how do I get to a place to be content to what I have when I could never be content before? When it's always everybody around you just rubbing it in their face, or you had to deal with a place of lack. And there's it it comes with the mindset though too, because like there's two different products from that environment, like someone that comes out of it and just uh, that that grows up with gratitude because they're just they're they're glad to have that simple small thing like a glass of water. And there's people that, that grow up in that same mindset. It's like, it's not fair that you have this. I want that. And it's like, I'm not going to be content till I have it. And it's like, it's a very hard place to come from. And I, and like, I can see it from both standpoints. But there is a place that you can get to, a, a median of gratitude, just to where you get to focus uh, rather, than, <coughs> rather than let your circumstance dictate how you feel or like past circumstances. Because it, it is like... And you can see it in 
especially in America, um, it's played with. I don't know how I'm trying to word this. Can't read your mind. You can't. I wish you could. Uh, so do I. There's not a lot up there anyway, but. <laughs> no, there's loads of stuff. Uh, I know that's why it's like it's hard for me to get it all out because I got like a million jumbled things up. Um, man, yeah, like so. Okay, let me back up. So you see it in like how how it's portrayed in music and and everything. It's like the person that doesn't have have much. It's like oh well, we're out to get them, or it's like the people that have uh, had success in their life. It's like you're supposed to feel animosity toward those people rather than saying like you know good for them. Like, I'm, I'm glad that they're in the position they are. I'm glad that they were able to work hard to get to where they are. You know, and it's like, it's rather, it's saying that, do you want to be in that position? Or are you going to work hard to get to her? Or are you just going to be in a mindset where it's saying, like, well, woe is me. Like, I'll never get to this position. And it's like, even, like, even in my mindset today, like, I see, I see people that are successful uh, in their business. And it's like, I try to lay down a, a plans on paper. And I'm just like, I, I just, I, I have it there. But it's like, how can I follow through with this? And it's like, and I beat myself up and I sell, like, it comes back to the self-sabotage. It's like, I got all these great ideas, but there's no momentum because I don't have any motivation to do it. <laughs> and I got to get kicked in the butt just to get going. Um, what was like? I don't know, but when you're ready, I'll tag in. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm almost there. Okay. I just got to, I got to process this thing. Little hamster up there, man. I'll tell you, he's hungry. Uh, I'm really here for entertainment. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but okay, going back, like so, explaining like I was saying, how like how that ties into what I'm talking about is I can be grateful for the people that have went before me and done greater things and gleaned from them rather than uh, looking at it as them being better than me and I'm just going to be where I'm at forever and always. It's like I'm grateful for the people that went before me and 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 done great things. Yeah. Can I learn from that? Am I grateful for the people that have created uh, these different inventions, or is like these people that have thought outside the box? Am I am I thankful for the pastors that are 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 stepping outside the box and truly uh, being in sync with the Lord? Or am I going to sit back and say, "Well, I'll never get to that potential." I'll never rise to uh, where they're at. But no, I'm grateful that there's someone there that can speak what I can't speak. I'm grateful for people that are there that can do what I can't do. But guess what? It's like I'm also grateful for the skills and the talents that I have because that's what the Lord has provided for me to be able to go forth yeah. and show other people the same thing that they can learn Your from that. Uniqueness. Took a while to get out, but I got it out. He got it. I got it. But um, the last thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave with is just don't think about gratitude as something for material things. Think about it, like I said, for the people that you have in your life. Most. Feeling grateful for the people we love and expressing it allows us, allows our uh, relationship not to feel fake, not to feel that superficial feeling, but it helps us to look past shortcomings and see the greater beauty that rests inside. It's like I'll never, I would never be able to see the beauty of people if I wasn't grateful for them, if I was always competing against them. Or it's like I got to step on you to get to the top. No, it's it's the it's the gratitude that I can lead beside you, that we can walk this walk out together, and that through any issue, 
that I have someone there to pick me up. And it's the same thing with us. It's like you feeling gratitude for anybody else here. It's like you know that there's someone there. It's like even if you haven't experienced that before, which makes it even more powerful to have that gratitude. So it's like, if I'm, but you can't envy people, compare yourself to people. And it brings in, in the mindset of, I need to bring you down so that I can be where you are. But showing how you are thankful for that person in the position and placement that you have in life gives way for new doors to open. Yeah. It's like when you're not so focused on everybody else and what they're doing around you, that's how you can focus on the doors that the, the Lord has provided for you. It's like, if I, how am I going to focus on the opportunities that I have in front of me if I'm always more focused on like what you're doing. If my nose is all up in your business. <laughs> um, another just brief thought I had is that, you know, a part of learning is applying. A part of learning is going to be the doing. Okay. Um, let's head over to Colossians 2, verse 9, start in, um, I'm not going to have it up there, I'm sorry, apparently I didn't click submit when I put it up there, so, it's not going to be up there, my bad, this is in the ESV, English Standard, for in him the whole fullness of deity <coughs> dwells bodily, bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. Verse 11. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses. Verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Mm. And for extra measure, verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. She was not there for the Mm-hmm. Sacrifice of Thanksgiving is no longer done with loaves and bread on an altar. It's in our everyday, moment by moment. I want to um, leave us with some scripture in Ephesians 1, which will be on the screens. <laughs> um, this is the Jewish Bible, starting with verse 3. Praise be Adonai, Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who in the Messiah has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Side note, here's some stuff to be practically grateful for. If you have nothing, start here. Ephesians 1 pretty much lists out a lot of things to be grateful for as a believer in Christ. Good place to go to. 
So yes, praise be Adonai, Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who in the Messiah has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heaven. Every complete. She got it. Verse 4, in the Messiah, he chose us in love before the creation of the universe to be holy and without defect in his presence. He determined in advance that through Yeshua the Messiah, we would be his sons in keeping with his pleasure and purpose so that we would bring him praise commensurate. I think that's the word. Thanks. I have trouble with words sometimes. Praise the Lord. With the glory of the grace he gave us through the beloved one. In union with him, through the shedding of his blood, we are set free. Our sins are forgiven. This accords with the wealth of the grace that he has lavished on us. In all his wisdom and insight, he has made known to us his secret plan, which by his own will he designed beforehand in connection with the Messiah. And will put into effect, when the time is ripe, his plan to place everything in heaven and on earth under Messiah's headship. Also in union with him, we were given an inheritance. Woo! We, who were picked in advance, according to the purpose of the one who affects everything in keeping with the decision of his will, so that we who earlier had put our hope in the Messiah would bring him praise commensurate with his glory. Furthermore, I love furthermore. It's like the good but. Like, but, wait, there's more. (laughs) Furthermore, you who heard the message of the truth, the good news offering your deliverance, and put your trust in the Messiah who sealed were sealed by him with the promised Ruach Hokadesh, which is the Holy Spirit, who guarantees our inheritance until we come into possession of it and thus bring him praise commensurate with his glory. Mm. Just to sit on that. It's a continual sacrifice of our old self in order to live our new life with gratitude and thankfulness and from that place, as mentioned earlier. We're grateful for you guys. We're grateful for what God's doing in you in this house. And I challenge all of us to stop pretending we don't know how to be grateful. You know. It's literally in you. You are amazing. You are powerful. You have access to everything that you need in him. And again, that is another thing to be thankful for. Start with practical things. Work your way up. You've got to start somewhere. God, I'm thankful that I can eat cereal this morning. 
Yeah. <laughs> you say teeth? Yeah. I'm grateful I have teeth. Whatever it is, start somewhere. One thing I've, I've challenged friends recently is start with something. Make a list on your phone or maybe put it on your, on, your, um, on your refrigerator or something with a literal list. And each day, just write one thing you're thankful for. And then the next day, just add something else. But each day, be meditating on that thing you're thankful for. Almost romanticize it a little bit. Be so grateful for that one thing. And see how God honors that right back. Just start somewhere. And that's just a practical thing. Make a list. And check it twice. (laughs) Do you want to pray? Yeah. As we pray, I just want you guys just just to clear your minds, clear your hearts. Just right now. Thank you, Father. Kind of like an activation. I I want you guys to think of five things that you're grateful for right now. Just to get a staring in your spirit. You don't have to say it out loud. Or one if that's too hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Practical. Thank you. Lord, we just we thank you just for these few things that we have mentioned to you that we are thankful for, Father. This is just a fraction of what you have given to us. It's just a fraction of what you have still in store for us. Let that gratitude just sink deep into our hearts, into our minds. Let it be an atmosphere changer throughout the rest of this day, Father. Whether we go to the grocery store, whether we go to the gas station, whether we go to a yard sale, whatever it is that you do, let somebody else be affected by that gratitude that they can have a heart um, full of thankfulness as well. That that gratitude, when enter into the room, if there's any negativity, God, that it is be, it's displaced, that it's disrupted, and there's nothing but joy that, that spills forward and touches all those around. Thank you. So easy to get stuck inside ourselves and our needs, and we get, our, get them confused with our wants and our wants confused with our needs, but Father... The only thing that we need is you. Yeah. If it all came down to it today, if we lost everything, will we still keep be content with who you are? Yeah. Mm. Allow us to have that contentment. Yeah. Allow us to be content like Job was when he lost everything. To still trust you and love you. God, it's also that faith that comes forth with gratitude that allows us to know that you will provide when we can't, when we just don't know the way out or when we just don't know what's going to happen, Father. 
We're so grateful for your wonder work and power. We're grateful for our families. We're grateful for our community, our gathering, God, and coming up to the holidays, Lord, just to be grateful even for the smallest things. Even if you feel like you're lacking in something, just change your mindset or change our mindset, Father. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you want a song about gratitude, listen to this song called All Right by Darius Rucker. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> and if you need prayer or anything, come on up. We love you guys. Start saying thank you for whatever. Start doing it today. Bless you guys. We love you.